Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, men and women. A project like this cannot happen without the support of companies who believe in the mission and the message. One such company is Videobox, a subscription-based stock media company that gives you unlimited access to premium stock footage everyone can afford. Sign up for a free 7-day trial at videobox.com RFS. I also want to give huge props to Song Freedom. Not only do they sponsor our regular episodes, but Song Freedom has come aboard as a sponsor for the Breaking the Glass podcast and film series. When you need legal music for your video productions, including mainstream tunes and oldies but goodies, head on over to songfreedom.com radio to unlock your free standard go-level license worth $30. Please visit both of these sponsors and thank them for believing in this message. When you support our sponsors, you support this show. We thank Videoplox and Song Freedom for their support. You're listening to Dare Dreamer FM, the sound of creative expression. This call is being recorded. This is wonderful. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Nigga! <laughs> what is up? Why we gotta upload a new OS every time we have a conference with you? Um, hey folks, Ron Dawson here. This is Breaking the Glass, a radio film school miniseries about gender, race, and making it in the biz. That biz being film and television. But let's call it Hollywood for short. Now, you might be asking yourself, why is a miniseries addressing the issues of a disenfranchised group of people in an industry starting off with use of such a provocative word? That's a fair question. The answer is because the people I'm talking to on this conference call are my good friends J.D. Cochran and Yolanda Cochran. They're regulars on Radio Film School and have played a key role in helping me produce this miniseries. And in case you're all wondering, we're all black, so it's cool. Well. Technically, JD's biracial, so maybe only half of them should be saying that word. Super joke. Anyway, uh, so JD and Yo have over 20 years' experience in the biz. JD primarily is an indie filmmaker, a writer, and director. Yolanda is a production executive. And it was Yolanda's comment to get their friends involved in this discussion about gender inequality in Hollywood that prompted this whole series in the first place. We've been working on this project for a couple of months now. The trailer was edited and I was planning to work on the preview episode very soon. Then about two Sunday mornings ago, I was struck by a revelation that gave me serious pause. So much so that before heading off to church that day, I shot an email off to JD and Yolanda. The subject line read, The Elephant in the Room. Here's what I wrote. So what if JJ Abrams hosted a special podcast series addressing the issues of being black in Hollywood? How would you feel about that? You like JJ? Based on other comments he's made, you know he's legit down for the cause. You'd appreciate and respect the fact that he wants to help the progression of people of color in Hollywood. But wouldn't there still be a teeny tiny part of you that's like, it's still a white dude trying to speak for us. He ain't us, he'll never be us, and as such, as good intention as he might be, the fact that he ain't black is a problem. I continue in the email. By now, you probably know where I'm going with this. I'm JJ in the story, and women are the black folk. I fear that the podcast series, and to some extent the film series, will be hurt by the fact that I'm the host. It just hit me this morning, and I'm genuinely conflicted. So, that was my email. And it's not entirely unfounded that I'd have this concern. 
In fact, this issue was raised during the living room panel discussion in Los Angeles, around which the series was based. Here's what's been the problem in the past. That's Talisha Rags, a writer and producer in CW's hit vampire and werewolf drama, The Originals. When you had material that was uh, steeped in race or racial issues, you've had white people writing it and directing it. And so therefore it comes off as inauthentic, mm -hmm. not necessarily because they were writing and directing it, but because their experiences were not necessarily of the experience that you would need in order to bring authenticity to that role or that project. So that gives you some more context around this dilemma I was having. I went on to suggest some possible solutions. One of those solutions being that I have a female producer take the lead as the primary voice in the miniseries. So essentially, instead of me being the host of the miniseries, a woman would be. Or alternatively, do what Ira Glass does on This American Life, have me introduce each episode, but have female producers be the voice of the episode segments. But since the series would be starting soon, it would require immediate action to put those kind of plans into place. Now, I normally do a Skype session with J.D. Yolanda for the podcast, but given our respective schedules, it would be too long before we could do Skype, so I set up a conference call so I could call from the road. As is usually the case when I'm talking with these two, we started off with a rather comedic introduction. Apparently, JD was having some technical difficulty using the computer speakers with the conference call software. Why can't we do like we did before? Why not Skype? Better yet, why not FaceTime? Since you want to do on the phone, you got I'm an Apple phone. Why not FaceTime? Because um, I'm not in a place where I can use FaceTime. Where oh, I have really? Oh, but you use Uber phone. conference? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, how interesting. That's why I made it a call-in so that you could just mm -hmm. use regular technology. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. It's the regular technology um, fault, anyway, not the super anyway, fan dangled Uber software we got to upload every time we want to talk to something new. You need to put a more anyway, a three month moratorium on all the new software anyway, you my, use. Okay, my, my time is pressing. <laughs> Your what? His time is short. My time, my time is pressing because I thought we'd be starting at twelve thirty. Well, that's not twelve forty-five. It's on me and and you, Ron. It costs us an extra ten minutes to get all this stuff to work. I'm just, just saying. Shut anyway, up. we eventually settled the whole technology issue and got to the topic at hand. Well, I mean, you started out with um, the point about J.J. Abrams and giving that as an example and, and comparing it to yourself. And I I'm hear not saying I'm as I'm not saying I'm as good as JJ. I was just trying to think of a white dude. We understand. I get it, Ron, dude. Ron, you don't have to worry about anybody mistaking that. Don't worry about that, bro. Yeah, you're good. This is starting okay. out fantastic. It's all good, yeah. Ronald. Uh, God. Well, let me get my train of thought. Since you... Yeah, go ahead. So, I would say this. that. Oh, so we're going to talk about what we think about the fact that men are monopolizing conversation about women and so we're going to start off by you. You just tapped out. You just tapped out. Because you won't stop. You won't Don't blame it on me. Interrupting. Hey, I was not interrupting you. You put your head down and said, oh God, this is so hard. I, I got to no, collect my thoughts. No, because you keep, no. No, I was quiet. Interrupting I was quiet and you. Dude. Anyway, anyway yo, you go first. The conference would like to recognize the woman from Santa Clarita. <laughs> Shut the up already. <laughs> God. Now remember, believe it or not, this is all in love, people. 
But I think it bears pointing out Yolanda's response to J.D.'s interjection. She kind of saw it as an example of what it is that men do in general. We're overbearing, loud, obnoxious, often can't be patient enough to just sit, wait, and listen. But from J.D.'s point of view, as he said, she tapped out. But Yo didn't see it that way. She was just collecting her thoughts. You're going to find out during the series that a huge problem in this whole gender inequality, men versus women situation, are the different ways in which men and women communicate. Neither way is right or wrong, but when we don't recognize those differences, they can cause, um, well, conflict. Anyway, Yo finally collected her thoughts and spoke up. So... Your example was J.J. Abrams, and if it's a, you know, it's a conversation about women and not being able to have their voice heard and, you know, having someone outside of the subject matter, for lack of a better uh, way to put it, leading the discussion or the talk or the creative bent of the subject matter and how that has been inherent to the problem, which I am in agreement with. And I think that in all likelihood, you are probably correct in your thinking, and it's probably a good idea to do what you're talking about. But what I was going to say is, you know, one of the things we talked about in the series, and unfortunately, we didn't get to it very much, but we had it on our question list, was what is the solution and what can men be doing to help? And I am I, I don't think any change is going to happen until the quote unquote majority uh, people or the people of the mainstream are very front and center to making change and being active in that change and being the ones to open the doors. And, and I think your example of J.J. Abrams is perfect because you need the the people in power and the people you know, who have the better standing to be the ones to open the doors and to create situations where other people are being invited in. And it has to be that active involvement. I mean, you know, people can, you know, protest in the streets to the cows come home, but until somebody who's, you know, has power to make, who's already in power to make that change are actively involved in it, want to do things to help it, creating those venues and those discussions and saying these discussions need to happen, nothing's going to change. So this idea that people in power must be the ones to affect change is the cosmic irony in all of this. In fact, it's kind of like the second elephant in the room. If the first elephant is the fact that I, as a man, am hosting a miniseries about gender inequality, the second elephant is that in order for real change to occur, it's going to take men to do it. Think about it. When slavery in this country ended, it required the whites who could vote to bring about its end. When women's suffrage in this country occurred back in 1920, it required men who could vote to allow women to write the vote. And if the plight of women in Hollywood is going to change, it just may require that the men in power who are sympathetic to the cause do so. One male filmmaker I recently interviewed addressed this issue. His name is Austin Lewis. He's a first AC in Los Angeles by way of Richmond, Virginia. We were talking about how he didn't get hired for a particular film project precisely because he was a man and this particular shoot was already filled to the brim with men. 
so they hired a relatively new BAC to fill this role. Austin explains. I think it was like a music video, and it's a fairly large one. I can't remember who it was. It might have been like like a Rihanna or I don't know. It, it was something like that. I think it's just legitimately the entire crew was a bunch of dudes, and you know that could have broken up the monotony. I'm like, I was kind of salty for a little bit. I'm like, here I am busting my butt, and I'm you know killing the game, and a newbie comes in and takes my gig. Oh, man, that sucks. But then I had to take a step back because then I had to realize, okay, hold, hold up. Austin doesn't deserve anything. I don't deserve, I'm not entitled to any sort of employment, opportunity, or anything. So I had to shut the hell up and be like, hey, it's okay, man. This little feeling that you're feeling right now is normal. But remember, it is a blessing to have any job. And there'll be more ones afterwards. And I was kind of feeling salty because I had rent due and I hadn't, you know, had enough money to make rent yet. Yeah, <laughs> so, you've been there too. You know, you're, so you're sitting at the mailbox and hoping that that check comes on time or early. <laughs> <It> was like, <laughs> hey, let me ask you this. Do you think at the end of the day, do you think it's a good thing? Because I'm sure there's, there's some white AC out there who is on Facebook looking for the guy that black off, looking for the guy <laughs> who, who got the job and he finds that it went to black Austin. Um, and he's like, you know, he wanted to be the one white dude on the Snoop video shoot or whatever. And he didn't even get that at the end of the day. Do you think those kind of decisions where, you know, and this is one and obviously this is one of the arguments against affirmative action, let's say where there are times where perhaps the less qualified person gets it strictly for the purposes of, diversity at the end of the day do you think that's a positive or a negative whether whether the diversity is gender or race-based my first initial reaction is to think that it's positive you know you're getting crew dynamics you know in a, in a healthier situation you're getting all these different experiences in one different crew it rounds everybody out but this is kind of you know the uh, byproduct of a flaw in our our human psyche right now imagine projecting this uh, this ultimate utopia type of society where everyone is just a human mm -hmm. you know that's what we're all trying to work towards that's what i think we should be working towards it and i i would honestly say if you think that we're not supposed to work towards that i would think you have a couple of screws loose in the back of your head i think everyone who is a you know uh upstanding citizen who is a decent human would say we should be working towards that and so naturally that's not happening by de facto it's it's not the case because, let's just be honest, it comes down to the fact that for all of humanity, women have been trained to be uh, reigning over the home life. And men have trained to be out in the steel, steel mills. And thousands of years of that indoctrination <laughs> has come to the point where we have come in the road and be like, hey, maybe we should switch things up. Maybe women are actually useful outside of the marketplace in the home. Okay, cool, how do we bridge this gap? Because there's an education gap. There is a um, behavioral gap. There are all these gaps that are kind of created just by that segment in the road saying, you know, men are supposed to do one thing, women are supposed to, women are supposed to do another. And to overcome that gap, we have to go across the aisle, as a politician would say, grab the other person's hand and pull them across and say, hey, come join us, come do this, come do this. You're good at this, you can be good at this. Are you interested in film? If so, great, 
I'm going to grab you across the aisle. I'm going to pull you from, you know, uh, whatever career you're in right now. And that is something that, you know, unfortunately has to happen to break the ice. But once it gets past the point of breaking the ice, we have to be equal again. And I don't think we're at that point right now. I hope we can't get to that point. But, um, you know, like when, when you're saying a few weeks ago, if women want to be successful in, in, in film, they have to think like a man. I think that comment came from a good place, but it was a bad and ill. It was like a Donald Trump comment, you know? <laughs> oh, dude, he means well, but I think that statement was a little bit, you know, it kind of rubbed somebody the wrong way. And I, I definitely see where you're coming from. And don't don't think I'm trying to, you know, throw you. No, you know, I know. I know. My, <laughs> my, my, my guy under the bus right now. It's like, right. hey, sometimes we have to reach across the aisle. And, and bring the minority in. And I'm saying that as a black guy. That's hilarious. I'm saying as a black guy, we need to go and reach for the minority. That's, that's hilarious. That is a, a sign of, 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 of progress. Whenever I'm able to come onto a project early, I start calling my regular and early people and, and start thinking, hey, are you available in a month? I got this thing. Are you available in two weeks? I got this thing. And part of my regulars is pretty split. It's pretty split between women and men. I didn't try to do that. It's just the fact that I have some really good lady ACs, and I even hate saying lady ACs. They're just an AC, you know, to me. And I've got some really good guy ACs, and I don't call them guy ACs. I just call them ACs. Like, yo, I got so-and-so. I got these people in my top five. I call them for every job, no matter what, you know? Like, uh, and sometimes, like we were talking about earlier, you have to actively reach across the aisle. With that comment, we'll return to my discussion with J.D. and Yolanda as I give my input on the idea of men taking a role in making a change in this industry. I think the fact that this is happening and, you know, a podcast by a man addresses that. Like, this is a podcast produced by a man and a man is spearheading it and he made, you know, he made sure that the majority of the voices on the panel were all women and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, like I said in my email, I will still be sort of like playing the Ira Glass role, if you will, in terms of... Right, right. Like I keep trying myself to all these Jewish guys with glasses. Um, I, think aside Ira- from, I think aside from your concern, I think it just happens to be a better idea to do what you're suggesting. Just because I think it, it works better for the subject matter, but I, I don't necessarily believe that we should change to that approach just for the fact of the original concern about, you know, you're a mm-hmm. man talking about a female issue. Right. But the other thing I was thinking about is, you know, like the whole think like a man issue that came up based on like how I, on the comment I made and, but I still think. Well, and also I want to add, and I wanted to tell okay. you, I was thinking about it just now is I I had my two business partners who are females listen to the Think Like a Man episode. They were both frustrated that they felt that neither one of you understood my point. Not that you didn't understand it, but that you were missing things that I was saying. And they fully got what I was saying without me having to explain to them. And it's, I think it's just a male-female thing. And they were frustrated they were frustrated listening to me try to talk to you guys about what me my too? thoughts were. Yes. What are you talking about? 
Uh, well, two things to see that. One. What is that? I mean, I mean, I, well, that's, well, I'll just let it go. Because they're not here to defend themselves. I don't know what they would think that I, that was lost on me. I just think that that's interesting. Yeah. And I would say that one, that kind of addresses part of my concern is, which is kind of related to my email, which is, you know, if JJ were to do a podcast addressing this as a black folk, as good intention as he is, there's still some things he might not get or subtleties he wouldn't understand just because he's not in it. And right. as a man, I think there are things that I may miss just because I'm not a woman. And having, and I can ask women and in the conversations I have with female creatives, it may come up, but there would be stuff I don't even think to ask because I'm not a woman. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah. Um, I agree. With that being said, I don't know what your friends were thinking that I did. Yeah, like, I, I got what you were saying. We may have to have them on to yeah, address that. Yeah, because I don't know. I, and I, I would also say this. Well, it. no. Here's 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 what it was. I was in me trying to explain my position of like we had a back and forth about like for instance, and I'm probably not going to do this justice, but we, you and I had a back and forth about. Well, that's how the world is, and so you have to operate in the world that exists. And yeah. you're not saying that you have to scratch your balls and do this stuff, but if you, you know, you, you know, there were women who pointed out that other women will hedge and bed, and when they talk and they do things, and basically they quote unquote talk like a woman. And then so I was trying to explain how my alternative was not that you have to think or behave like a man, but that you have to be confident, which is not necessarily something that has to inherently be a man, but you, you were kind of counter arguing that in certain ways and they were fully understanding what I was getting at. And they were hearing that you weren't fully understanding what I was getting at. That was the frustration. Like they totally were like, you know, they, I don't think that I had that. Anyway, wrong, but, but, Anyway, I get lumped in because so what do you think about my idea then? Big general stereotype. I love how you just completely talked over everything. I didn't just no one was talking. No one was talking. Ron was talking. He he said, "Yeah, yeah, I get it." And he stopped. And I no, he didn't. He said, "What do you think about my idea?" I think we should do what you suggested, Ron. Cool, cool. Um, JD, where were your what was your piece that you wanted to say at the top? <clears throat> yes, I'm, I'm allowed talk. to talk now. Yes. Um, um, Thor recognizes JV from Long Beach. First of all, I would say this. Like, I, I totally agree that it's important to have a female voice for all the reasons that both you and Yolanda have stated. But I'd also caution this as well. What are we going to It seems to me that you are still, you, you know... All things being equal, if nothing, if it wasn't a problem, you would just be doing this yourself. But you're being considerate, you know, and say, hey, this is sending out a weird PR wrong message type thing. If, if we're talking about women getting ahead, but there's only a guy doing it, that, that is a, a weird thing. But I also would say in that, that you should still be heavily involved. I, I don't think that it's here's the thing. I don't think you're part of the problem. And the fact that you as a man have started this dialogue on your podcast shouldn't preclude you from being in the podcast. Now, granted, you need to have a female voice, but I don't think you should, you know, I think you should have involvement in it. And if anybody wants to complain, it's like, well, hey, you're, it's not like you're uh, 
some uh, uh, podcast conglomerate that that can at whim uh, not allow a female podcaster to do exactly what you're doing. You're not part of the problem. You're you're opening up this dialogue. So I would hate for it to be like, well, Ron started this thing. He really likes doing it, but he's got to bow out now because he's not a woman. And I just don't want it to go that far where it's like you're not even involved anymore. You have a valid voice in this. Granted, you're going to miss things that women see that you don't. So you definitely want to have them involved. But I would be I, – I don't think it's cool for you to just like, you know – kind of cowtail to all this because now you're worried about how things are going to come across. I mean, you, the fact that you're even mentioning it and thinking about it and talking about it is way ahead of the game. What you're saying is absolutely right. And I never intended not to be involved. I mean, I think if I didn't make it clear in the email, the point I'll make it clear now, the point is for me to be involved and stay involved. This is not about cutting myself out. It's about increasing the amount of uh, initiations from a female point of view. And, and I wasn't doing it because I'm I'm worried about, you know, any kind of, uh, I don't know, any kind of shade people might throw my way because here's this man trying to deal with a woman issue. It's more about, I generally want this to be something that is useful and something that yeah. addresses issues. And I know, I'm self-aware enough to know that there are things I'm not going to think about asking or there are going to, I am. Well, no, and I, yeah, I totally get it. From, you know, it just reminds me of like in the autobiography of Malcolm X and, and uh-huh. also in Spike Lee's movie where uh, this white woman comes up to Malcolm X at one point and she says, what can I do to help you? And he looks at her and says nothing and walks on and leaves her. And she's like all down for the cause, a blonde haired, blue eyed girl, a woman that wants to help right. out with the cause. And he says nothing, you know, a cold, nothing. And then walks away. And then later in the book, right. He says he regretted doing that. And it's like, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't want you to be that blonde haired, blue eyed girl. Right. You know, you know, that has to just usher yourself to the sidelines with the thing you started. I just want to make sure you still claim what you, 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 you started because you started it. Sure. It's great. And I just don't want you to like, and I got more of a feeling like you're worried or scared because, which you should be. I mean, you should, and, but the fact that, the, but for me, the mere fact that you, tweeted this and emailed and all that stuff it's like you're perfect for it you know like not yeah. you know you're gonna bring somebody in you're gonna do all the right things whatever as the miniseries moves forward i will see to what extent i can get women producers involved as a side note if you're interested shoot me an email at radiofilmschool at daredreamer.fm anyway in addition to yolanda i already have a couple of other people in mind and one of them is this person. Hi, I'm Stephanie Malone. I'm executive director of NIFTIA's National Film Festival for Talented Youth and an independent documentary filmmaker. Stephanie was one of the women on my original Women in Film panel that I recorded last year. And she's graciously agreed to participate in this project. I asked her what she thought about one, the idea of affirmative action, and two, the idea that men are required to make a change. Here's part of my conversation with her. You know, I go back to, in general, if it's the world of film or it's outside of film, diversity in the workplace makes for a stronger organization. I would argue makes for a stronger film. Um, I think women and men, I I think diversity beyond that is important. 
I think in general, it, and, and studies have shown that, maybe not specifically towards film, but for organizations, it's shown that diversity helps make a stronger organization. So I, I can't see why we wouldn't want those doors open. And if if this needs to be opened initially because we need to force the arms of people a little bit to accept women and to make sure that, that women have roles uh, in the industry, then so be it. I mean, men have certainly for years have been given opportunities that they didn't necessarily earn. And, and I go back to someone who I, I certainly like and admire, but Colin Trevorrow, who directed one film, Safety Not Guaranteed, excellent indie film, but then got handpicked to direct Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah. And that And that was something with, I mean, I... I can't. I, can't I, I don't remember the budget, but certainly that was probably an over a hundred million dollar budget oh, for Hollywood. Definitely. And he, I'm sure he that was didn't over have. 50. Yeah, he didn't have a track record to demonstrate that he was up for that. I mean, certainly, I think he pulled it off, but there were certainly thousands and thousands of women that could have stood right next to him that had the same experience and you could have plucked any one of them yeah yeah that's a great point uh you know the idea of how many men in the industry are uh hired to do a role that they i mean especially in hollywood who don't necessarily have you know the skill set whether it be because of nepotism or mm -hmm. old boys network or fret you know, fraternity brothers, uh, mm -hmm. friends from college, hiring friends or whatnot. So that's a good, that's, I think that's an excellent way of looking at it. You know, this idea of affirmative action being the counter to, you know, those kind of elements that we just mentioned. And I think, I, I think it was, was it um, Steven Spielberg, the executive producer of uh, Jurassic World? Mm -hmm. I, I think he had, there is, there's a quote somewhere and, and I'm just paraphrasing, but I mean, he had said that Colin had really reminded me of a younger version of himself. And, and I mean, they, that, they look alike. Like if you see them, they have a <laughs> yeah. very similar look, you know, towards the beard and the glasses. Yeah. I, I think pe people, you know, people enjoy that, this opportunity. I, I think, um, I think an important thing is um, what, what I would love instead of men that are in, in power in Hollywood. And honestly, I mean, outside of Hollywood too, but to take, um, to take a step forward and to sit there and think what they can do to start to mentor young women. Um, and even not the youngest of women. I mean, I, I, but what can they do to help bring people along instead of this is perceived as a threat? I mean, you can look at a young woman as, as, you know, part of, of, um, by helping her, you know, you're you're leaving your legacy as well, just through her. Yeah. I mean, that's a great segue until the other thing, I want to get your point on this idea that ultimately it's going to take men since men are the ones in yeah. power yeah. to actually change the status quo and change what's going down. Um, <laughs> you know, I use the example that, you know, it took, you know, white people who could vote in order to get rid of slavery. It yeah. took men who could vote in order to usher in women's suffrage yeah. uh, in, a, in an industry where there is this huge gender inequality issue Mm -hmm. The people in power are the ones who are actually going to have to make the change. Um, do you do you think that's the case? Like, or or is this something that can come about just through the power of women being 
bold and brave and whatever. I have, I have, I have many thoughts. <laughs> I'm sure you <laughs> do. Let's see if I remember all of them because they're they're all they're all up here. One thing is certainly you know with the EEOC um, investigating gender bias in Hollywood right now, that that's a different avenue towards trying to affect change, right? I mean, certainly there have been enough complaints that um, that there's potentially this is going to become a legal issue and and that's happening is is that the is it the best way for this to happen you know i think the best way is for men to stand by women and to call bullshit on this one of my favorite stories um was um about bradley cooper um after it came out that jennifer lawrence had not made um as much money um as her male counterparts despite, I think she had an Oscar at the time. She certainly was carrying the Hunger Games series um, and was, you know, pulling in a lot of money for Hollywood on a large level, and she did not get paid as much as her male counterparts in American Hustle. Um, Bradley Cooper took, um, uh, stepped forward after this came out and said from now on going into films, he would work with his female uh, uh, counterparts on set um, and share his salary information. Allows them then to be able to better negotiate. Um, he would I, share his salary information, you said? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which I, I thought was uh, fantastic. I mean, absolutely re- renewed my, you know, my interest in seeing every Bradley Cooper movie from here on out. <laughs> right. You know, I that is that's a classy act, and it doesn't it doesn't take a lot. I've said all along that I want this series to make a difference, to actually affect change. That I don't want it to be just another discussion in a sea of discussions. So whether it's J.J. Abrams speaking out like he did when he shared that he thought Ava DuVernay would make a great director for a Star Wars film, or whether it's George Lucas selecting a woman to lead up one of the most profitable and iconic film franchises in history, or Bradley Cooper standing side by side with his female co-stars to make sure they're paid fairly, I think it will take men stepping up to the plate to do their part to usher in change. Even if all they can do is make a quaint little thought-provoking podcast about the craft and art of filmmaking. Be sure to stay after the credits for some fun outtakes. Breaking the Glass is a radio film school miniseries and a production of Daredreamer FM. Production help from Chris Huslidge, Yolanda Cochran, and J.D. Cochran. Yeah, I'll honor my word as me and I will put myself on top. On my own total pole, I know my soul, it will not let me drop. Like Diddy and Biggie, baby, I won't stop. No, I won't stop. Call me a firecracker, now you're after all I got. Radio Film School is a proud member of the Podcastica Network, a small collection of pop culture podcasts that cover topics like The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, comic books, meditation, and podcast producing. This and other great shows can be found at podcastica.com. Music for this episode was curated from freemusicarchive.org. Links to tracks are in the show notes. And speaking of music, when you need to license mainstream music for legal use in your video productions, 
Or if you need to find amazing tunes that span a wide range of genres, look no further than songfreedom.com. Song Freedom has a huge library of songs from every genre, and they are your best source to license music from mainstream artists like Lumineers, American Authors, One Republic, and Colby Calais, or our classic tunes from the likes of Frank Sinatra, The Temptations, Bob Dylan, and more. Sign up for a new account at songfreedom.com radio, and you'll unlock a free standard go-level license worth $30. We thank Song Freedom for their support. Breaking the Glass is also supported by Videoblox, a subscription service to license premium HD and 4K stock footage. When you go to videoblox.com RFS, you can sign up for a free 7-day trial that allow you to download up to 140 clips from their main library. If you like what you see, use that same link and you can get their year plan for as little as $99. The normal rate is $79 a month. You'll get unlimited downloads from their library with over 115,000 clips. You'll also get access to their marketplace of over 1 million user-generated stock clips at rates as low as $20 to $30 cheaper than other popular stock sites. Now, I'm sure many of you have seen Videobox promos all over the place, but you can really help our show out a lot if you go to our support link. We don't get paid any extra money by doing so, but if they see that lots of people are using it, it justifies their investment in the show. So remember, that's videobox.com slash RFS. When you visit or support our sponsors, you support this show. Another great way you can support the show is by leaving a rating and review in iTunes. Let us know what you think. Your comments will help get this message out because they help the show be found by new people and keeps our ratings up. You can follow me on Twitter at DareDreamerFM and you can follow the show at Radio Film School. If you like this episode, share it on Twitter or email it to a friend you know needs to hear this message. Our next podcast installment of Breaking the Glass will be in two weeks, August 18th. In the meantime, be sure to tune in to the next regular episode of the show next Tuesday when we begin a two-part series on copyright issues in filmmaking. You will particularly want to chime in if you're a documentary filmmaker. For you lady filmmakers out there, don't forget our video vignette film challenge where you can submit a short 30 to 60 second vignette we may include in the film series. The filmmakers behind the winning selections will get prizes from Lens Pro to Go, Song Freedom, Muse Storytelling, and Shane Holbert's Inner Circle. More information can be found on the blog post for this episode at daredreamer.fm. That's all for this week. Until next time, I want to leave you with this quote from Maya Angelou. A bird doesn't sing because it has an answer. A bird sings because it has a song. Go forth and sing, little birds. Sing. And it, like going back to that other, you know, the job that I didn't get that I'm glad I didn't get. <laughs> it was um, uh, another project, and uh, I was, you know, uh, DP was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna pull you on on this date. We're gonna do this music video. It's gonna be great." And then uh, I don't hear anything about it again. And, you know, that's kind of weird. Usually people say, yeah, well, you didn't get the job. We got to hire another person. We had to fly in, you know, the DP's best friend from Norway because they hadn't talked in a long time. And she wants to do this job with her or whatever. And um, <laughs> I watched the music video. It is legitimately four minutes of soft porn. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. And I was like, all right, I that I shouldn't have had that job. <laughs> like that just makes things, even if I'm the most respectable man I can possibly be, there's always that fact that I am a dude and I'm a, in a room with 17 naked chicks and they're all crawling all over each other. So <laughs> to get the best performance out of the actors,
You don't want some dude heavy breathing over the camera <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, diminishing the performances. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? Not bad. Where are you originally from, Steph? Oh, I'm from Ohio originally. Yeah. A little tang of an accent in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, I hear, I, I've been told... Well, it's funny because, you know, last year when I had you on the paddle, I don't think I ever noticed. Well, maybe it's because, you know, like a month ago I went back and I visited my people in Ohio. Ah, Maybe it took a little accent back with me, I guess. (laughs) That is quite possible. (laughs) It happens. When When slavery in this country ended, it required the whites who could vote and fight for when slavery in this country ended, it required the white. Hey, that's right. When slavery in this country, it, it required the whites who could vote to bring about its end. How's that? You're listening to Dare Dreamer FM, the sound of creative expression. Hmm? Ah! Oh. Podcast to go.